Hi, and welcome to Women's Health Clarity, the podcast giving a big voice to the things women worry about. I'm Chloe Bunter, Pilates teacher trainer and creator of the Pilates Instructor Hub. My mission is to help you feel empowered in your body to move fearlessly. And I'm Kate Spina, nutritionist, award-winning chef, eating disorder survivor, helping you feel more confident about what you eat. Together, we're delivering the truth bombs you need to feel more empowered about your health, physical, emotional, and mental. If you find this episode helpful, we'd love you to leave us a review, subscribe, and share this with other women in your life. Hello everyone. Hi Chloe and just a reminder before we start that Chloe and I get very worked up about women's health so they may be swearing in this episode and today we're talking supplements and I have to remind you that this is general advice guys. This is not specific to your situation so if you think you need supplementation make some notes from today and speak to a health practitioner about what you might need for your individual needs. Hi. So, how's it going? <laughs> Good. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Long time between chats. Yeah. My family's had COVID since we spoke last. That's how long it's been. But it has been a while, and they're all doing well now. Everyone's okay. Yeah, everyone's okay. But it, you know, we haven't. Um, We've managed to dodge it for two years, so feeling pretty lucky about that. We had minimal symptoms, so it's all good. Oh, that's yeah, that's good to hear. I'm good. It does feel like a while. And I was thinking about it this morning when I was like, I was like, oh, I have to get my podcast back on. I need to be able to chat live to you all. So here we are. Might be a little rusty, um, but I'm happy to be back in the podcast seat and speaking to our awesome community. And just a shout out to you all. And I know I take a shout out to you every episode and I always will. But it's so lovely um, when you start, I think a lot of the time, you know, when you start a new podcast or start something new, you're like, does anyone want this? Will anyone actually listen? You know, that little that little voice in your head. It's like, am I, is it Kate and I having a little chat? Is this helpful? Um, and it's been really heartwarming to get some really beautiful messages through from our listeners just to let us know that the impact that these discussions are having for them and how that impact is then um, kind of going out in waves to the rest of their families. So how they might be learning something, they can then share that with their, their daughter, with their family, um, with their girlfriends, with and, and the impact that's having. And um, so, I mean, just getting one message like that makes it all, you know, makes this so worthwhile. Um, so thank you. We're really appreciative of that and um, love to hear from you. Mm. There have been like the message you sent me about the mum sharing the podcast with her daughter. Mm. It's lovely because if we're not only able to build confidence with our listeners but also their kids, um, like that's what we want because I think, um, I mean, one of the reasons we started this podcast is um, that, Chloe, you and I feel we have confidence now in lots of things in our 40s, but we just wish we'd had it much, much younger. Yeah, so. it's like I see it coming through in the in the younger generations and they're so, um, so much more outspoken about the things that 
our generation and certainly the generation above us, our parents, um, whispered about. And I mean, I think that was really highlighted too, even in in the episode about the pill. And if you haven't, if you're just coming across our podcast now, the pill episode was really interesting. I highly suggest going back and having a listen to it because the history of the pill and how it couldn't even be advertised as birth control um, when it first came out and, you know, that it, it's just been so interesting and where the world's going again with seemingly these, rev- you know, going backwards in regards to options that women have on autonomy over their own body and reproductive Reproductive rights is um, really scary. So I think the more we can be educated on it and keep educating is really important. Absolutely. That paper you found on the history of the pill was mind-blowing. Oh, fascinating. Fascinating. The the things I didn't know about Mm. the start of contraception was was mind-blowing. And interestingly enough, today we're talking about supplements in the pill. I talk about supplements that are highly indicated um, and have been recommended in research for decades that you should take if you're taking the pill as well. So check that out if that's applicable to you. Yeah, cool. So today we're, we're going to, I mean, this has been a much requested topic, um, particularly when a lot of my crew saw that I was teaming up with you, Kate, um, a nutritionist. We're really excited to know about, well, supplements, worth it or expensive pee? And I think this is something (laughs) I've asked myself for many years and I am one of those people that classically um, cycles between taking supplements and going, yeah, really, I need this. This is so important. This is important to my health. And I'm kind of dedicated to it for a short period of time. And then I drop back off the supplement wagon and don't take them again for sometimes years. And I, I'm really cyclic with it. And yeah. I, I'm very curious today to find out, you know, is it worth it? Should I be doing it? Um, where is it helpful? Where is it maybe not helpful? Yeah, we're going to cover all of that. We're going to talk about when should you take supplements, when uh, there are times that you shouldn't take them as well. We're going to talk about if some supplements are better than others. Mm. Um, we had lots of questions. Chloe and I asked um, our Instagram followers if they had questions, and we had lots of them. Um, so I've tried to collate them and and with the information today, lots of people were interested about reducing their supplementation. So we're going to talk about um, what you need to think about before buying another sup, or if you're wanting to reduce your supplementation, how to get the most out of your supplements. Um, and if we get a chance, I might even throw in my um, the one supplement that I rarely recommend ever because I think it's going to be a big surprise to everyone. Oh, well, if we have time. You can't yeah, say that um, now and then not have time for that, Kate. Yeah, well, we just <laughs> make time, Chloe. We just have to jam. Everyone's like, can we just like, what, 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 what? Um, okay, brilliant. So where do we start? Where do we start? All right. So let's think about, all right, when might you need a supplement? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's really important. And that's what I'm thinking about when I'm seeing a person for the first time. Or if you're thinking, oh, I read this supplement is good, here are some things you can think about. So first of all, a supplement is designed to fill a gap. And that gap 
will be different depending on your circumstances. So first of all, you might not be getting um, the recommended daily intake of a certain vitamin or mineral from your food. And that might be because you've reduced certain foods in your diet. It may be because you're allergic to some. Maybe you just don't like certain foods. So, for example, if you really don't like seafood or fish, then you might not be getting um, enough omega-3 fatty acids. So if you're not getting enough from food, um, if you're not getting enough vitamins or minerals from food, that could be a situation where you take a supplement. Another reason would be if you have a health challenge, so a disease, a disorder, or an injury that causes extra nutrient demands. So you need a little bit more of a certain vitamin mm -hmm. or mineral. And then the third main reason, um, actually, no, there's two more, medications also. So this is the pill episode. Some medications deplete certain nutrients. So it's a really good idea to top them up with a supplement um, as indicated. Mm -hmm. And then the last reason is if, you have a health goal and the research indicates that will be improved with a higher dose of a certain vitamin or mineral. So more than the recommended daily intake. So there's some things to think about for you at home right now. Do you fit some of those criteria? Um, so that's some things you can ask yourself. And I think on that, when I'm just talking about the RDI, the recommended daily intake, mm. that's the recommended daily amount of a um, vitamin or mineral shown to prevent deficiency mm -hmm. and illnesses associated with deficiency. It's not necessarily the, the optimal amount of a vitamin and mineral for optimal health. Mm. I think that's something, that's a big difference that's worth considering if you're thinking about taking a supplement. So when you're saying that, I mean, I've seen you do posts before about talking about when someone gets their blood work done and is showing, let's say, either something like vitamin D levels or yeah. iron levels and how when um, it's reported on there being like the, in air quotes, normal range <laughs> and that um, if you're just over the line of that that bottom range of what is normal uh, and you're getting that read to you by the doctor, et cetera, generally the doctor will go, well, it's fine. You're in the normal range. Yeah. Thank you so much for reminding me, of course. Like if you have blood tests, how did I forget that? If you have blood tests and they're coming back with deficiencies, then obviously that's a time for supplementation. And on those, you know, what is considered a deficiency in a blood test is quite a narrow margin. So um, when you get a blood test, your results are reported as either being within a standard reference range or being like under or over that reference range. That reference range is made up of a really um, broad part of the population. Um, mm. You know, it's not of, of men and women of all ages. You know, there is a very big range um, I prefer to look at what's the optimal range for health. And, yes, all my anemic women out there, all my clients who've come to me with low iron and have been told they're fine, you know, the cutoff reference range for most um, ferritin tests is is 30. Um, and so if you are, you know, if, you're, if your ferritin, so that's a form of iron, 
if your ferritin has come back at 29, you're told you're deficient. If it comes back at 30, you're told you're normal. But ideally, it should be above 50. Oh, gosh, I don't think I've ever been above 50 in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I know. How I would feel if I was. (laughs) Yeah, so... You know, this is where getting um, getting some support and making sure you always have copies of your blood tests, people, like very important. Don't go to the doctor and don't accept. If you're fatigued, if you, if you have brain fog, if you can't explain um, why your energy has plummeted and your practitioner just tells you your blood tests are fine, please ask for a copy. Mm. Please ask for a copy. So um, really big tip there. It's just really good to have your records with you. Yeah. Um, and most doctors are pretty good these days, I find, um, or maybe they, they, they do give you your results. They'll email them to you or print them out. Yeah. Just make sure you ask, though, just in case it's not a general rule of thumb by, by your doctor. Yeah, just ask um, and write it down if you think you forget because often you go in, you know, you, you sort of tick the boxes that you came there for and you can leave. Um, I know I've left um, an appointment and like have forgotten to take my blood test results with me and mm-hmm. had to go back. So write things down um, when you're going to the doctor of what you want to ask and what you want to take with you. Mm. Um, but, yeah, um, blood tests showing deficiency and most commonly I see deficiencies in iron, vitamin D and B12. They would be the top mm. three. Um, so, yeah, there that's definitely indicated for. Um, okay. For so, so if you – so let's say I've gone to the doctors and I am deficient in, for instance, let's just for argument's sake say vitamin D um, – which isn't even theoretical here. I'm always <laughs> deficient in vitamin D, <laughs> yeah. always chasing my tail with that one. Um, pretty classic too if you live in Melbourne. It was interesting when I lived in Sydney because um, my incidental sun exposure, although you have had a lot of rain in the last however long, but when yeah. I was there, my incidental sun exposure did go up um, and with that my vitamin D levels increased and then came back to Melbourne funnily enough <laughs> – Deficient again quite quickly. Um, So let's say I'm deficient in vitamin D uh, and doctor goes, yep, go off, take a vitamin D supplement. Is there something I should, you know, how do I know? Can I just go into wherever the supermarket, grab grab whatever, something that says vitamin D off the shelf? Is there something I should particularly be looking for in regards like is to quality, et cetera? Does it matter? Doesn't it matter? Yeah, quality is so important. Like if you're going to take a supplement, don't waste your money. Like I can't I can't emphasise that enough. And you want to make sure it's working. And this is one of the questions someone said, you know, are some supplements better than others? Can I just buy them from the supermarket? Yeah. And the biggest differences, and I'm, I'm not going to go through like particular brands at the supermarket, but in general, the big differences between a, a supermarket supplement and um, a practitioner-only supplement uh, are the type of vitamin and mineral in the formula, so the form of it. Right. Some, some types of vitamins and minerals are better absorbed than others and therefore sometimes can cost a little bit more, sometimes not. Um, and the amount of that vitamin and mineral in the supplement? Like is it is the amount in that supermarket product the one shown to be effective? Because like if you want, if you're going to take it, you want it to work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and research tends to be the biggest gap between those sort of brands. Practitioner-only brands generally spend a bit of money on research so that they can provide information saying, hey, this is the reason why we've put these particular um, vitamins and minerals together or this is why we've put this amount in this particular formula because here is the research that's guiding us in helping you guess, get the most benefits. So yeah. generally I would say for most things you probably want to avoid the supermarket pay a little bit more. Um, my preference is from practitioner-only products just because that's guaranteed to get that personalized advice and and we'll talk about why that is so important pretty soon um but in terms of spotting a quality supplement grab a pen and paper write these things down so you want it to have a bio available form you want your supplement to be easily absorbed so should it will there actually be a word on the pack that we should be looking for that says bioavailable (laughs) Not in, or sometimes, sometimes they will actually advertise that. So if you see that, great. Uh Um, Sometimes it's really about knowing what type of a certain mineral or vitamin is better absorbed than others. And this is a lot of information. Um, But I'm going to give an example that is really, really common that some listeners might be nodding their heads with this. Um, So if you've been told to go and get an iron supplement, (laughs) You might have been told to pop into the chemist and grab um, like ferrograd C. And I have to say that in some clients I've seen um, a product like that has has improved their iron levels. In other clients, it has caused really bad constipation. That's because there's a really high dose of the type of iron in that um, it's not as well absorbed, so can cause those gastrointestinal problems. Um, but by comparison, if you find an iron which has iron bisglycinate in it, you'll see that that iron is at a much lower dose, it's much better absorbed, and it's much gentler on the stomach. So that's probably a really um, common example of, you know, different forms of iron give different results and are better tolerated. Mm. Um, mm. The number well, I've I've heard you just go, oh, look, ferrograde was great for a while, but I just couldn't deal with the constipation. Oh, I, I can't tolerate it full stop. I do think it, it historically tended to be the, the go-to for doctors and I think doctors have caught on yeah. to the fact that a lot, of, a lot of patients can't tolerate it and they now tend to recommend the ones that they're saying are, are more tolerable. Just yeah. before we go over some more tips, it, when we're thinking about, you know, the, um, the supermarket brand versus the practitioner brand – the, my understanding, and I, and this happened. It was a few years ago. There was all this controversy within the production of vitamins in Australia at the time. That it was, it's really highly unregulated. Um. Okay. So, do you um, remember I, that? No, I don't. No? And there was a big thing with. Oh gosh, I don't want to. I don't want to name the brand in case I'm getting it wrong. Started with a B. Oh, there's a couple of brands like blah blah blah. Um, but anyway, (laughs) I'm like I'm conscious of not saying it in case I've got it wrong. But there was a lot of controversy about um how it was being manufactured um for things like um potency things to ensure there weren't contaminants 
um, and so on and so forth. Is it still quite an unregulated industry? Yeah, well, if you like, so if you produce a medication in um, Australia, you, it has to go through the TGA. So it is TGA um, registered. So that's for medicines. Mm. The TGA has evaluated that medicine for like safety and quality yeah. and efficacy. So vitamins and minerals and things like sunscreens as well come under a different category and they are listed rather than registered. That's right. So, yeah, so you'll see on a pack that'll have an um, OST-L number, so A-U-S-T-L number. They're for what are considered low-risk um, things like vitamin products that the TGA regulates for minimal risk. So a bit of a different regulation. There's been some changes with regulation in America recently, actually, um, and there's been some talk about more stricter um, guidelines coming in Australia. But, yeah, this is this is why I highly recommend not self-prescribing mm. because there are things that can go wrong with vitamins and minerals and they just feel like such a healthy thing. Like they feel like what could go wrong with a vitamin? Um, but, yeah, they can, you know, they they can cause a little bit of havoc if you don't take them in the right way, um, if you take them too much, if you take them at the wrong time. Right. Okay. So, yeah, so that's um, I'd be interested in, in, in having a look at what you've spoken about. Interestingly enough, today there's an article out which um, about a certain supplement manufacturer um and and mold oh. on them yes um which is really interesting mold and on the product or mold in mold production on the supplement tablets oh of a prenatal so oh. um yeah really interesting um another reason why i i don't particularly like products that that can be delivered delivered on mass to a supermarket or like a chemist house or something. And and you know it's tough because there is a distinct price difference between the supplements you can buy when you go into the supermarket compared to the practitioner only supplements. Like it's yeah. quite large. Like I think about you know it, talking about a probiotic for instance, the difference between getting a probiotic at the supermarket compared to a practitioner-only probiotic is, like, a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's it, – I find – so this is – I guess this is a bit of a, a tough one for mm. accessibility to, you know, can, like, is it affordable for everyone to use the practitioner-only brands? Yeah. Well, this, this is where you can, like um, – like one of your questions when you're thinking about supplementation is how much do you actually need of a vitamin or mineral to make a difference? Mm. You know, it's like, for example, um, there's a couple of common supermarket and chemist vitamin C products, which advertise like 1000 milligrams. Mm. That's a waste of money. You're not absorbing much beyond 200 milligrams at a time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. a bit of a light bulb moment for me. I've always, you know, if I've gone in to buy the vitamin C supplement, let's say I've got a cold or whatever, yeah. that's my supplement of choice 
this time. Yeah. Um, I go, you know, I, 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 oh, sorry, I'm skipping over my own words here, but I automatically go for the bottle that has the higher amount of milligrams. Yeah, because it makes sense, doesn't it? Like if it, it does if to five, me, but <laughs> if five hundred milligrams is good, isn't a thousand milligrams better? Right, and, and so what you're doing is you are actually literally just peeing that ex- excess you, out um, with with vitamin C, aren't you? You are peeing that out, but it looks really good because it's like, oh yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Oh, I so, thought you meant it looks really good because it makes you pee orange or something. Oh, if you like. <laughs> fluoro toilet bowl action in the morning then yeah it looks great it looks it looks awesome light up your wells okay so yeah because um vitamin c and please correct me if i'm wrong because it's outside of my scope of practice so i'm just saying what i think i know um and you can tell me if i'm right or wrong vitamin c is water soluble is that right it is water soluble, so yeah, you can you're just peeing that out. So, uh-huh. yeah, if you have a budget, really important to think about like how much do you need, and are you getting not too much and not too little in a supplement? So, if you think about getting the biggest bang for your buck, right? Thing you can think about is can you get that that vitamin or mineral from food? Mm-hmm. Like question of could I focus on getting enough from adding some different foods? into my week sometimes that's possible sometimes it's not but that's a really good first question Mm. um if you're deficient if your pathology has come back and you've got blood tests showing you're deficient that's normally not possible that's normally supplementation is your best bet there but if not if you just think hey um i think i need a bit more of something can i get it through food Mm. so that's something to think about and 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 if you're looking at a supplement, um, in terms of a quality supplement, often a better quality supplement will be paired, you know, if there's a certain vitamin or mineral in there, it will be paired with a cofactor that helps its absorption. So a classic one is iron paired with vitamin C mm-hmm. to increase that absorption or magnesium often is paired with b6 to increase that absorption so Mm. and oh sorry kate i was going to say is another classic um vitamin d and calcium yeah so vitamin d supports um calcium uptake into bones so um yeah so that's where that's where if you if you're getting um i think that's more common in those more expensive supplements, mm-hmm. but ideally they're working quicker, they're working more effectively. You shouldn't need to be on them mm-hmm. um, as long. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's things. And also something to think about as well is how your vitamin or mineral is delivered mm. because, and I see this really commonly in B12 and D deficiency, is that that can often go hand in hand with poor gut health. So if someone isn't absorbing, um, you know, B12, for example, well in the stomach, well in the small intestine, then taking a B12 tablet tablet is perhaps not going to get those B12 levels up as quickly as if you go for a spray. Oh. Yeah, so just things to think about that may not be applicable for everyone but like could help you save money in the long run like because like the b12 sprays are 
really great value for money. They often have like 250 doses in a little spray bottle. So, so yeah, things to think about. Don't automatically reach for that, that tub of tablets. Think about, okay, do I need to think about the type of vitamin or mineral? Is it paired with another vitamin or mineral that acts as a cofactor that maximizes that absorption? Um, Am I taking the right amount? So I mentioned that 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C is a waste of money. That's way too much. But it's the first I've ever heard that. It's really cool to know that. Yeah, you're just peeing it out. Yeah. Um, But am I taking enough of something else to be beneficial? So, again, that's, you know, that's something to think about. Um, can I can I get these vitamins and minerals from food? Um, How? And this is- oh, sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, no, no. Go for it. Well, I was just curious. I mean, so – how would we know, like how often do you think if if it was something that was available to you, um, how often do you recommend getting general blood tests done to check oh. these sorts of things? Um, look, if you've had an irregularity in the past, like if you're in your 20s and have had low iron, then you should be getting checked at least yearly. Uh-huh. So blood tests. Um, if you've, you know, had no issues in the past and you're below 40, then maybe every two or three, two or three years when you go and get a pap smear or um, just for a general checkup, mm-hmm. um, I recommend though once you hit 40 that you get them done annually. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, preventative, it's proactive and, Annual blood tests are really good at checking at whether you still need the supplements. Mm. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, good good one. Yeah, yeah, the end date of how long am I taking the supplement for? You want a supplement to come in, do its job, and then review. Mm. Um, So if we've got your vitamin D levels up, great, fantastic. Is that maintained by you getting enough sunlight now do you live somewhere different are you outside more are you not in lockdown what happens if we decrease your vitamin d supplementation what do your vitamin d levels do then um so always thinking about how long am i taking this for is it still beneficial have my circumstances changed has my diet changed is this still the right one for me Mm. um and someone asked someone mentioned when we, we put out a call out for questions Someone said that they they really wanted advice on how to cut down their supplements because they'd started taking one supplement and they'd started taking another and then someone told them they should be taking something else and now they're taking four or five and they're not sure what they need. Um, They're probably supplement stacking. They're probably getting like vitamins, the same vitamins and minerals across different supplements as well. they might be taking toxic levels of some of those. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you should always be thinking of how long am I going to take this before I review whether I still need it. Mm. And, like, with things like iron, D, B12, blood tests are great for those. Um, and then your symptoms are a good um, a good guide mm. for other things. Because zinc, um, zinc's one of those ones you shouldn't just – take forever in a day is that right it's accumulative am i right with that it can deplete high doses of zinc or zinc taken without consideration for what copper you might be getting in your diet can deplete copper 
Ah, okay. Um, it can also compete with um, iron absorption as well. So you just want to be about the timing of your supplements. And, I mean, zinc can be great for lots of things. It's great for skin. It's great for gut health. It's good for immunity. Um, but looking at what dose you're taking and how long you're taking it and making sure that your iron is okay and that your copper levels and your copper to zinc ratio is good. So, yeah, again, just a reminder that that there are things to think about rather than zinc is great. Yes, yeah, zinc is great as long as you're ticking these boxes. Mm, so interesting. Um, and looping back, you mentioned earlier being mindful of what times of the day you're taking the taking the supplements is important as well. Like, could you expand on that a little? Did I hear that right? Um, yeah, not sometimes timing can be beneficial. Like sometimes people, um, depending what you're taking magnesium for, for example, sometimes that can be um, you get better benefits for sleep if you take that in the evening. Uh-huh, yeah. Some people do not tolerate B vitamins in the evening and will have to take them in the morning. Um, but something to think about is it's, I think most of us take supplements best in the morning. We get up, we take our vitamins, we head out to the day. <coughs> if you are someone who is taking iron um, and you're also having like milk or caffeine in the morning, that can interfere in your iron absorption. Mm. So you want to like give yourself a little two-hour buffer between your morning coffee and your iron supplement. Um, so that can be that can be something to be really mindful of as well. Um, and this is where this is where I highly recommend getting one of those like nana level pill boxes so that you can actually keep track of what's what supplements you're taking so that you take them consistently. Um, so that you know if you've missed one in the morning. That's that can be really helpful. Um, and something else with um, iron as well in terms of timing is that if you've been taking a really good quality iron for a while and it's just not budging and you've addressed the cause of your low iron, recent research has suggested that skipping your iron every second day and taking a double dose on alternate days actually increases absorption and might be more effective. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's all these little tips and tricks that come out with the research each year that that can mean that if you're getting that personalised supplement plan, that you, you just get quicker results, you get greater benefits, and then that might mean you can get off those supplements sooner, mm. which I think is the goal for most people. Yeah, so interesting. Um Okay, so, and I, I'm wondering if this might have to do with something about your big reveal of which supplement <laughs> you're not that into. Could it have anything to do with a multivitamin? We haven't mentioned multivitamin at all. No. No. Uh, no. Um, the, the one supplement I rarely recommend is a multi. Oh, I was right. Yeah, multi. Oh. Just, there are a couple of exceptions. Um, if you are pregnant, for example, um, I highly recommend a, a really good prenatal mm-hmm. um, and this will not be coming from the chemist. I can guarantee you that um, and for lots of reasons. So a multivitamin has like lots of vitamins and minerals there at generally fairly low doses, mm. you know. So 
there's nothing in there that's really giving you a big bang for your buck. So, you know, the first bit, if I'm looking at you thinking like you need a multivitamin, I'm probably just going to look at your overall eating patterns. If you're pregnant, though, two things. You have increased demands. That's one um, situation. And it's quite possible that your diet has decreased in variety immensely. Mm. So this is a really particular um, incidence where a multivitamin would be um, would be a really good thing. But generally, you can do so much with food and then go in with your specific health goals mm. and target your vitamin and nutrient needs um, much more specifically to you with specific vitamin and mineral combinations. Mm. And that's, I think, where you're getting you're getting most benefits. Yeah, so, okay, in regards to the, the prenatal and taking a good prenatal vitamin, you said there that you shouldn't be getting that from the supermarket? Yeah, don't get your prenatal from the supermarket. Um, reasons why is that often they have different forms of folate in them that are, are less well absorbed. They often will have an iron in it called ferrous fumarate, which, you know, you're probably going to get constipated in pregnancy anyway. You don't need your iron adding to that. Um, often um, sort of supermarket or chemist prenatals uh, have no choline in them, which is essential for um, fetal health. Usually they're low in vitamin D. Um, sometimes they have a poorly absorbed form of zinc. So this is where you really want something that's tailored to you. I generally have two or three different prenatals that I like depending on the person. Um, but yeah, if it, a multivitamin for the average average person is, is probably a waste of money, you probably look at your eating habits, fill some gaps there, and then look at your current health challenges or goals and target those more specifically with two or three particular nutrients. I find that's just so much more effective. Mm. Um, saves you money, is really targeted um, and helps you like get some variety in your eating habits, which is ultimately what we want for everyone. Mm. Um, Thoughts on supplementation for children. I've noticed um, seeing sort of a rise in advertising for things like gummy vitamins for kids and you know basically here's some here's some gummy bears that have vitamins injected into them I'm guessing is what's going on there but just curious what your thoughts on that yeah look in general um I've had a look at the adult gummies which I was really unimpressed by just about all of them um, I don't imagine the children gummies are much better, but this is where you would look at an individual case. Often if you're thinking that a child might need supplementation, then it might be because they have sensory issues with certain foods. It might be because they're severely allergic to something. Mm -hmm. um, and in that case, you might be looking at, right, what can I do to get anything into this, into this little person? Mm -hmm. Um, and in that case, even a low amount of something poorly absorbed might be the best option you have. Mm. I like to try and get a really high quality um, formula, like vitamin and mineral formula, into kids through smoothies. Oh, smart. 
these ice blocks, I will make little jellies myself with with different powders, depending on what they taste like. Um, mixing things into yogurt. Um, some some of the really there's some really good quality powders that taste like sherbet. So you sprinkle that um, over a little bit of yogurt or like a little scoop of ice cream, and kids go crazy for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but again, you know, you're working with what you've got, and sometimes that will be your only choice. Yeah. I would recommend it as as something to consider once you've ruled out other things. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to get snooty about that. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a lower quality option, but it might be your only option to to get something into a child who's really sensitive to different foods or um, not a lot of children are great with taking capsules or tablets. So, yeah, I sh- yeah, that's my approach there is mm. a little bit of um, empathy and understanding with with what's going on for that particular child and usually with the rest of the family because if a child is struggling with food, then I guarantee you there's a mum there with massive guilt. Mm. With the... With the pre, just coming back, looping back to the prenatal again. I mean, my it's it, for me sitting here and listening to this. Um, it it makes me kind of sad in a way that the supermarket the supermarket supplements are a shitty quality. I know, I know. Like it just because I feel like it. As as I said before. There can be you know, and I think back to times where I haven't been able to afford the practitioner only, you know, that, you know, that that supplement might be 50, 60 bucks for, for however many tablets, whereas I can go to the supermarket and I'm looking at 20 bucks for instance, just for instance. Um, and there've been multiple times throughout my life where there's no way I could have afforded the practitioner only. Um, and where it concerns me is things like with, uh, a prenatal and, who who is it accessible for to be able to go and get the the expensive good quality um practitioner only as opposed to going but i need to take a supplement um and this is what i can afford yeah uh it's really hard um i mean i think in that respect i don't know it's i don't know enough about the tga Mm. um to to speak to what should be done about that it would be it would be really nice if for example there was some guidelines around um you know for example having choline in every prenatal so what's choline i have never heard, like that's the first time i've ever heard of this word um oh it's found in egg yolks and how, are, how do you spell it c-h-o-l-i-n-e so it's it's really important for um baby's health during pregnancy it's not something that's received a lot of press so it's you know you could consider that it's fairly recent research in the last couple of years about making sure you're getting enough choline during pregnancy um but like just little things like that but i think it's part of the entire wellness industry um i saw um and I'll speak of this really quickly before I mention when you shouldn't be taking supplements mm-hmm. um, to finish up. But there was something advertised on Instagram the other day by a very reputable, you know, hashtag wellness company. And they were advertising these like superfood green sachets and how you add them to this drink. And there were like dozens of, you know, 
inverted commas, superfoods in there. Mm. And oh, I did, Chloe, I did a hate Google. So I got on and I thought, <laughs> yeah, the Google you do when you know it's just going to make you angry. Anyway, but I got on. And I thought, this sounds too good to be true. And I jumped on the ingredient panel. Mm. So these sachets, oh, I can't remember how much they were now. I'm already they're... angry at the word sachet because I'm like, just put it in a bloody tub and let people use a scoop. Yeah. And let's like stop with this environmental, unnecessary environmental <laughs> waste. But anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, in this like tiny sachet, like five grams, they've listed like over 30 different, you know, superfoods. And, and the idea that that's good for you, like the more the better. But like human, you are getting such tiny, tiny amounts of these in a sachet. And on the pack, it didn't tell you how much of each, of each food was in each sachet. But you'd have to look at it and go, wow, there's like 30 plus different foods in this sachet. And even if they're dehydrated, I'm still getting tiny amounts of these foods and there's no literature here or research to show me that I'm getting beneficial amounts but you'll take my money anyway mm. Funny so that. I think yeah I think supplements come to that we get you know and I think how a lot of people start taking multiple supplements is that they see an ad or they read an article and it says this supplement is great for this and it's like wow that sounds like such a good idea I'm gonna get it it's gonna help we're all wanting to feel better mm. We are all wanting to feel better. We are all wanting to look after ourselves. Taking a pill, oh, my God, how easy is that? Mm. It is so easy. Um, and sometimes it works exceptionally well. I love supplements. I love the right supplement, personalised to the person. Mm. But indiscriminate supplementation um, can be quite harmful. And, and on that, I'll, I'll just have to flag because it would be wrong of me not to, there are some times when you should absolutely not be taking supplements. Um, two, main, two main scenarios. The first one is any vitamin or mineral that interacts with your current prescribed medication. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are some vitamins and minerals which make certain medications less effective or much more effective. And both of those situations can be harmful. I'll give the example of vitamin K and blood thinners. So vitamin K can make blood thinners more effective and increase the risk of hemorrhage. Oh, so wow. Okay. Don't want that. The other scenario is before surgery. So two weeks prior to going in for surgery, you are stopping your supplementation because there are certain things like fish oil and um, curcumin, which is that active compound out of turmeric, Curcumin is fantastic for so many things, but both those have a very small increased risk of um, blood hemorrhage mm. if you have a predisposition. Um, so you want to stop those before surgery. Yeah, Absolutely. And you see those sort of warnings aren't put on supplements, on supplement packaging. Mm. So, um, yes, they can be great, but use them wisely. Use them as the brilliant tools they are mm. um, to achieve the goals that you want to while thinking about how you can get your food to take over. That's generally my advice with supplementation. And I know I know, I might be banging on about this a little bit, but, Go for it, it. but it is really annoying me that, <laughs> that supplementation is, you know, good supplementation is 
it's elitist in a way, right? Because you got to have money to pay for good supplementation. Um, you know, it's it's like I I can have the the bougie the bougie supplements, or I can have the supplements that I can afford, but then they might not be doing what they say they're doing, or worst case scenario, you know. I think they're doing what they're doing and then I'm actually putting my health at more risk, for example. Is there any, and you can just say a blanket no, but Mm -hmm. is there any of the cheaper from a price point supplement brands that you think or are willing to say are better than some Uh, of the other at the same price point? Oh, look there. You can just say a blanket no if you want. There probably would be. Like I think I'm I'm seeing a better quality I'm seeing better quality magnesium supplements out there. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think like so first of all I would say avoid the supermarket. Okay, I, so I'm, we're heading into the pharmacy instead. Yeah. Um although I remember seeing a good quality cranberry supplement that had an effective amount, an effective dose of cranberry to help reduce UTIs at the supermarket. And are you comfortable saying what brand that was? Or I remember what it was. Oh, darn it. But I just remember I'd just been to the chemist and I'd stalked their three. I was trying to find a supplement for a client just so that she could just pop out to the chemist and grab one. Um, and I remember then going to the supermarket and seeing like on the front of the this this tub that they'd actually stipulated the amount in there. Um, there would be, I think, I think there absolutely would be cheap alternatives at the chemist. I think it would depend on the different vitamins and minerals. Mm. Um, so, for example, I am seeing a higher quality, um, higher quality magnesium formulas across the lower priced brands excellent and what should um, so so if we can't name brands what should people be looking for so if someone is looking for the like needs the lower price point um, what can they look for in that lower price point oh uh, look um it'd be individual each vitamin and mineral like for example with the uh-huh. iron iron bisglycinate yep. with magnesium you'd be looking for a minimum like 300 milligrams per dose um, mm-hmm. it would, yeah, it would be individual. Um, but if you are wishing to try and get a, a, a bang for your buck, mm-hmm. um, this is where you could, um, go to, I'm just trying to think if there's any resources online, which shows, mm-hmm. because there's a difference between the recommended daily intake of a vitamin mineral and then the therapeutic dose needed for your specific goal. Right. Um, and I, and, and I'm if I find any resources, like I've collated my own information, if I find any online resources, I'll pop that in the show notes. But if you have a budget, this is where you could maybe go to, um, a student clinic, a student nutritionist clinic, um, and ask them for their recommendations for what to look for in a supplement that's required for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a really inexpensive way to do that because um, nutritionist, student nutritionist clinics are supervised mm. by um, by practitioners. Or you could go out and see a nutritionist and say, "I don't have the budget for supplements at the moment." These here are my blood tests. Here are my goals. This is what I'd like to achieve. What can I do with food? 
And if I need a supplement, what am I looking for? Mm. So that could be that could be options for you. Um, yeah, that might be a good place to start. Um, but yeah, just just remember that. Yeah, you're looking for targeted supplementation that does what you need, and for the for the for the time that you need it, rather than forever. Yeah, I love that because I think sometimes we do think about supplements as it's kind of like I and I mean I must admit I'm a bit all or nothing with my supplements. Yeah. Um. I your tip of and I feel like I feel like I waste a lot of supplements because I do buy them. And then, I mean, if I went and looked at my kitchen bench right at this moment, there's kind of like a line of supplements. And if I think about when did I take the last ones, I'm like, Yoo-hoo. so um, I am loving your tip of getting getting the classic pill box <laughs> and, right. and doing that. I actually think that's something I need to do um, because I think also taking you know remembering to take things well it's a habit as well isn't it um and I'm out and I'm not in a habit with it so I think if I am going to take those supplements then I need to to have them in there and I'm kind of looping back to some of the supplements that you suggested for perimenopause um and for PMS and things like that and I did find that when I was taking them I did have a reduction in my symptoms personally which was lovely um but then I haven't been consistent yeah that's why a pill box is great so I got a pill box after like the first lockdown of COVID because I was stressed and like right I I need some supplementation to carry the load here for me so I increased my supplementation really specifically um I was concerned that I would forget because I was juggling homeschooling and work and everything. So I got the pill box and it was fantastic because um, it just reminds you to take it every day. And then if you've had that week where you suddenly like don't feel that great, but you've been feeling great up to then and you're like, wow, the supplements aren't working, but you look at your pill box and realize that it's still full and you haven't taken them this week. Like that gives you some really useful information. It's like, oh, is it the supplements or is it me not being consistent? Mm. And I guess vice versa as well. Maybe you're yeah. supplementing and you supplement for however long and it's having no effect on how you're feeling. Well, then that would be time to reassess and go, go, you know, seek healthcare advice. Absolutely. Like, consider regularly I like I do supplement reviews every three months for my clients do we still need to take this how are you feeling what are your symptoms doing can we get some of these from food Mm. um so yeah and and do that for yourself as well love that how interesting okay well um I'm definitely I don't know how many of our I feel like there'll be a few of our listeners putting their hand up right now to say we're going out to get a little pillbox for our supplements Mm. and um and I love that uh, I know personally I will be step one, trying to be more consistent and then step two, actually trying to be more consistent with reviewing as well. Do I still need to take them? Have I been taking this supplement for however many years or, you know, yeah. getting a bit more specific with it and when can I stop taking it as well? Yeah, that's so important. Mm. So important. Thanks for sharing um, your wisdom so freely with us, Kate, and your expertise on the subject. It's really awesome i'm sure we're all very appreciative oh my pleasure we've jammed a lot into this episode yeah it's been great 
Um, so thank you, everyone. We look forward to bringing you more episodes and being more consistent with the episodes that we bring you. So um, hoping to get ourselves into a rhythm of every two weeks, right, Kate? Uh, th- I think that would be good. I think that's achievable. I think it's achievable. It's achievable. But you know, if life gets in the way, I'm sure our listeners won't hold it against us. Um, And as always, please send us through feedback. What are you loving? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Um, Because ultimately, we're here to put out information that you want, not that just that we want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Kate. Great to chat. Thanks, Chloe. See you next time. Bye.